0: spend a few minutes uh, thinking about uh, what it's saying to us. And so this morning, uh, I'm going to be reading a short passage from John's Gospel, uh, chapter 14. So if you want to follow it on your Bibles, on your tablets, or or whatever device you have, it's also on the screen as well. And Jesus is speaking, and he says uh, to his disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house and many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Let's pray. Thank you that we have the Bible. Lord, we're aware that many parts of the world, even believers, do not have the Bible in their hands. There are places where it's banned and it's illegal to own one, but we thank you that we can have a Bible at home. We can have it in our hands. We can have it on an app. We're so privileged that we can read your word. So help us now as we just ponder this passage uh, and speak to each one of us here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I just love Jesus. and. When you hear him speak, it's just so brilliant. You know, no one ever spoke like Jesus. I want to ask just a few questions this morning. Have you, have you ever felt anxious about the future? Okay, a few nods. Have you, ever felt, have you ever felt lost? Ever been lost, not knowing which way to go? Have you ever been unsure who's telling you the truth? Come on, you've watched the news the last few weeks. (laughs) I cannot believe none of you have been I wonder who's telling us the truth. Have you ever wondered what life is all about? Is there more to life than this? And I believe that if you've ever had one of those questions, ever, Jesus wants to say something to you this morning. We've read this amazing passage, and if we have ears to hear, it's one of the phrases Jesus used a lot. If you have ears to hear, now we've all got ears, I think, yeah, yep, check, just check for a moment, yep, they're still there. We've all got ears, but not all the time do we hear. But Jesus says if you have ears to hear, you're going to hear something amazing this morning, blisteringly good news, the best news that you will hear. Sometimes we hear the most amazing truths because we've bothered to ask questions. I'm currently in the middle of an alpha course and it's just brilliant because people have come along with loads of questions. And as they're asking their questions and as we're discussing around the tables the meaning of life and why is this and why is that, they're beginning to hear things that they've never heard before. And in this passage, we have two questions that are asked, one by Thomas and one by Philip. Thomas asks, how can we know the way? Philip asks, show us the Father. And I'm so grateful to Thomas and Philip for asking those questions, because if they didn't ask those questions, we wouldn't have heard these amazing things from the lips of Jesus. Just to set the scene, Jesus is about to leave his disciples. He's preparing them for his leaving. They've had three amazing years together. They've followed Jesus all around. He's healed people. He's set people free. He's done the most amazing teaching that would ever fallen from a human being's lips. But now he's saying he's going to leave them. And they're distraught. In fact, not only is he going to leave them, he's been saying he's going to die. The most cruel death. He's going to hand his life over. And he will be crucified. But he also tells them that he's going to rise from the dead. But they don't know what to make of it. It's just too much for them. Their world's going to be turned upside down. And so in this passage, he he actually seeks to comfort his disciples. To reassure them. Whatever happens... Have faith. Have faith in God. Have faith in me. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Have you ever been anxious about anything? Jesus would say, trust, keep on trusting. Trust in God, trust also in me. His leaving is actually for their good because he will have accomplished his mission. What he came to do. The rescue mission for the whole world. He says a little bit later, we didn't um, read on, but he says, I won't leave you as orphans. It gives the impression that the disciples are thinking of Jesus is leaving as if they would be sort of left parentless. He says, I won't leave you as orphans. I will be with you. But he says, I came for you. I'm going to die for you, but I will come back for you. And I'm going to prepare a place for you. What's he going to do? He says, in my father's house, there's lots of rooms. He's talking here about heaven. My father's house. He's talking about heaven. And he's also talking about his return. He is going to come back. And when he comes back, You know he came the first time, we're going to celebrate at Christmas as a baby. No one hardly knew what was happening. But when he comes back again, every eye will see him. It's going to be a cosmic event. He's going to come back. The creator of heaven and earth is coming back. And he says he's going to remake it. Remake heaven and earth. So where he is now, what we call heaven, where Jesus is now, he's going to bring back with him to a new earth. It's absolutely mind-boggling. And he says he's preparing a place for us there. And this place is going to be perfect without sin or evil or pain or suffering or lying or injustice. So he's not just talking about a new house or a new city. He's talking about a new world. The old world will pass away and he's going to remake a new one. Without all those things that have spoiled this one. And he says, I want to invite everybody. Everybody on planet earth is welcome in my father's house. Make no mistake, in other passages he talks about that day he will bring justice to the world. Things will be put right. There will be accounts called. But he's going to remake the world. Isn't that brilliant? We can't imagine it. One of my favourite programmes on telly is Homes Under the Hammer. Anyone else have uh, Saturday mornings off and Homes Under the Hammer? No, no one's even daring to admit that they watch Homes Under the Hammer. Three of us. Thanks, Barbara. Kate, isn't it a good programme? You say, I could, I, but I could miss the first bit. My favourite bit, is that yours, Kate? It's the reveal at the end. They buy this tumble-down house. It's a total wreck. And then they transform it. They remake it. And it's just, that's the bit I like to watch. And I just go, ooh, it's, ooh, isn't that brilliant? Now, I know what Jesus is going to do is much on a bigger scale. But this world... With all its corruption and injustice and pain and suffering. He is going to renovate completely. And he's going to make it new again. And it's going to be perfect. I want to see that reveal. And you know what? We're all invited. It's going to be a party. We're all invited. Would you say yes? Don't let your hearts be troubled, he says. Thank God for Thomas. Because all of the disciples, and bear in mind, they haven't understood what Jesus is saying at all. But do you know that feeling when someone's told you something and and you feel a little peer pressure just to nod your head and say, "Mm -mm." and you don't know what they're on about. Thomas... Thank God for Thomas, sometimes called a doubter, not a bit of it. He just says it how it is, doesn't he? He says, well, I don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? You're telling us you know the way and we don't know the way. And all the other disciples are saying, stupid Thomas. But under their breath, they're going, good mind, mate. That's the one I wanted to ask, but didn't have any courage. But since you always put your foot in it, Thomas, it's best that you do it. We don't know the way. And that question provokes Jesus to say something absolutely astonishing. He says, I am the way. I am the way. And the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. What an amazing thing to say. I know it's really hard these days to know who's telling you the truth. It really is hard. Fake news, have you heard about that? Who's telling us the truth? The half-lies that we sometimes hear. Jesus says, I am the truth. Not a truth. I am the truth. The true living God has made himself visible to us. And of course, you have to look up the evidence, don't you? You don't say, oh, well, he said that. that's true." You look at Jesus, who he was, what he said. That's the evidence. Jesus never lied. Read everything that Jesus said. I challenge you to find anything bad that Jesus ever said. Look at his character. Is he trustworthy? Is he out for himself? Is he out for just power? Is he some sort of cosmic con man? Or is he who he says he is? And he even adds to it. He says, if it were not true, I wouldn't have told you. Jesus exposes the lie of religion. That somehow we can get to God by our own merits. Or the lie of it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. It does matter. Or all faiths are the same. It's not true. We were hearing at the standing strong event, which was an amazing event, of uh, that in our generation there are more Muslims coming to faith in Jesus than ever before. Isn't that astonishing? And one speaker, he he asked us to say, who do you think is the biggest evangelist in the last, you know, I don't know, generation? And everyone would say, you know, Billy Graham, da-da-da-da. He put up a picture of Osama bin Laden. And we're all, well. And he says, there are so many Muslims who have suddenly been thinking, if this is what... Islam is about, I want nothing to do with it. And they've been seeking the truth. These are some of the reasons Muslims have given to becoming followers of Jesus. Because they say Jesus teaches and exemplifies love. We're told we're loved by God. And we don't have to earn his love. We don't have to prove ourselves. He just loves us. And he's given us grace. We don't have to uh, prove ourselves. It's not a performance-based thing. They say it's about worship because worshipping God in Christ Jesus is a joyful thing, not a fearful thing. And they talk about forgiveness, that Christianity teaches forgiveness, even for our enemies. And they look at Jesus' life, an example, and they just find him completely compelling compared to anybody else. They cite that Jesus holds women in high esteem and that the claims of Jesus are good news and that through Jesus there is freedom that comes from a relationship with God. We may think the church is struggling in Britain or in Western Europe, but all over the world, the church is growing in a phenomenal way. We have never seen the like of it before. A hundred million Christians in China. Isn't that astonishing? More Christians in China than the whole of Europe. But we're trusting that God is going to do something amazing across Britain and Europe. Because he's calling. Not would you. He's saying, would you come follow me? Would you make a difference in this world? And we follow him because he's the truth. He exposes all those lies. No, he never promised us an easy life. In fact, actually, if you read what he says, if you want to become a follower of me, you'll be tested. You'll be challenged. People will laugh at you. You may even be persecuted. In fact, the majority of Christians around the world are persecuted. But he says it's worth it. And all the people that we're hearing, we heard from a lady from North Korea yesterday. Amazing testimony from Egypt. Amazing testimonies. God is doing. And they're living through persecution, but they're saying, Jesus is worth it. Worth living for. Worth dying for. Who's telling you the truth? Jesus who died for us, who loves us so much that he came to rescue us. So who would you trust with the big questions of life? I am the way, says Jesus. I am the truth and I am the life. He's come to give us life, life in all its fullness. And it's open to anybody. From a Muslim background, a Hindu background, another guy was talking from a Hindu background... Whether you come from an atheistic background, whether you come from an agnostic background, doesn't matter. Jesus says, everyone's welcome. Come follow me. And Jesus gives the gift of eternal life. I believe those questions I asked right at the beginning, Jesus brings the answers to that. When we come to a fork in the road of Who are we believing? Who are we trusting in? What happens when we die? If we have all those kind of questions, I would encourage you, look at Jesus. Consider him. At a time when we live in where there's a kind of pick and mix attitude to faith and belief. I think that's just lazy. Not actually looking at the evidence. And Philip, thank you for Philip, he says, show us the Father then. And that will be enough. Jesus, you talk about your Father in heaven, show us the Father. And uh, Jesus says the most astonishing thing again. He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The Father and I are one. Jesus is claiming to be God in the flesh. Astonishing. That this God would love you enough to come Himself to die for you on the cross. The message of the gospel of Jesus Christ is so good and it's available to everyone. No one is excluded. The Bible describes Jesus in lots of different ways He's the image of the invisible God, He's the radiance of God's glory. But He also describes Him as our friend. Who will walk alongside us in life if we would let him, if we would humble ourselves enough to acknowledge we need him? I hear this again and again. Why do I need God? Why do I need God? Do you think you can do it all on your own? Have you got all the answers? Have you discovered someone who's got all the answers? We need God because we need to be rescued. We need to have that hope of eternal life that is not just wishful thinking, but based on the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. He came back from the dead. And he promises that we will live in him. I am the resurrection and the life, says Jesus. And then the most amazing thing is this. He says it's your choice. Your choice. Now, I know that might seem unfair because we think, oh, who am I going to believe? Who am I going to believe? Who is telling the truth? Well, compare Jesus with anyone else you're listening to. Anyone else who is saying, well, this is the way or that is the way. Jesus was the only one who said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Do not let your hearts be troubled if you are anxious could I encourage you to trust in Jesus today? If you are lost or you don't know the way, I know we all have sat navs now, we don't get lost. <laughs> if you were c- coming to Birmingham with us yesterday, we were on this big coach and we found ourselves in a cul de sac. It's the most expert 55-point turn that I have ever seen <laughs> performed on a, in a coach. We do get lost. I, I met someone in town the other day, and they were wanting to get to Seymour House Hotel, or not Seymour House, the Cotswold House Hotel um, car park and I launched into well you need to go down the road you need to turn left at the church and then you need to turn a right and then you need to just watch out on your right hand side past the thatch cottages and then it's and they were going and I could see them they were just about to say thank you very much and they were going to get lost so I said if you've got room in the car I'll just get in and we'll go round and so we just got in the car we went round we parked up and they said oh thank you so much we would have never found it Jesus doesn't say, right, turn right at the end of the road. When you see the church, turn left, go over the other road and then turn around the roundabout. and say, If you find it there, he says, I'm going to take you there. I'm preparing a place for you and I'm coming back for you and you are going to be with me forever if you want to. That is the best offer you will ever have. Ever. And now it's up for you to weigh it up, think about it, pray about it, and maybe make up your mind. But even today, if someone's here this morning, I've been praying about this morning and just thinking, God, is there someone this morning who who maybe has heard that message again and again, but they've never actually said, okay, Jesus I'm going to trust you with my whole life. I am going to ask you to come into my life and be with me forever because I'm trusting you. I've, I've looked at all the other options, but you're the one for me. If there's one person this morning for whom that is true, I want to just pray for you. So shall we just pray? Thank you that we can read the Bible. And when we read the Bible, you speak to us, God. And we hear the most amazing things. And I pray for each of us that we will have that discernment to know what's truth and what's not. What's fake and what's real. What's something that we can align our lives with. And Lord, I just pray for if that's one person this morning... Who just wants to say to you, yeah, Jesus, you're the one for me. I've heard about you a lot. I've seen other people who believe in you. But for me, I've never made that decision. And if that's you, would you just pray this simple prayer? Just whisper it in your heart to God. You can just use the words that I'm going to say if you need words. Father God, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you sent your only son to die for me. I choose you to follow you, to trust you, to believe in you. Come into my life, I pray. Forgive all my sins and give me a new life. Thank you that you have prepared a place for me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We're going to end.